0: Chapter 4. Lunar Eclipse We were getting settled in the car when I remembered I had brought Chan's gift. I took out the USB from my purse and plugged it in. Anji, what's that? Me, Chan made it for me. Anji, wow, he's really the sweetest. The first song started playing and we drove off. So far, the majority of the songs I had heard before and I liked them. We were halfway home when we were starting to feel hungry. Anji looked for the closest restaurant or cafe to stop at when a familiarly painful painful song began to play. Song Forty Days and Forty Nights I quickly turned off the radio and pulled over. My whole body was shaking and the tears filled my eyes. I felt like my chest was being crushed and I couldn't catch my breath. Anji jumped out of the car and came over to the driver's side. She helped me out of the car and sat me down on the side of the road and patted my back to try and calm me down. Everything was out of focus, and the only sounds I could hear were my gasps for air. Suddenly, someone crouched down in front of me, and I felt their hands on my shoulder. A wave of warmth came over me, but I still felt anxiety building up. I looked up to see Chan, but before I could try to calm down, Hoseok's face suddenly appeared. My panic attack returned stronger, and I cried out in pain. Me. Hoseok! I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Hoseok! I kept asking for his forgiveness, but he didn't respond. He just kept smiling at me gently like he used to. I don't remember anything after that. The next thing I remembered was waking up in the hospital. I looked around and saw Hosok's mom Minunji walking in looking relieved. Me, what, what happened? Oma, shh, we'll talk about it later. Just rest for now. Me, Oma, I'm sorry. Oma, Any, you need to stop apologizing. We'll talk later when you've gathered more strength. Rest up now. She patted my hand and sat down next to me. Me. I keep messing up and making you all worry about me. I really thought I was getting better. I'm sorry. Oma. Annie. You won't get better if you keep avoiding it. You need to go home and you need to face his death head on. That's the only way. Anji. We can go with you if you want. I looked at them both and nodded me. I guess I really have to. But, Oma, would it be too selfish? No, never mind. Oma, do you want that new guy to go too? I couldn't look her in the eye or even respond. I felt so sorry for even trying to bring it up. She leaned closer and held my hand. Tears slowly fell down my cheek and I shivered. Oma, Annie, I've already told you. It's okay. I'm okay. Our Hosok. He won't be jealous and I won't be mad. But I'd like to meet him before then. Invite him over for dinner. Me. I'm kind of embarrassed right now. I don't know how to face him. What if he regrets? Anji. Don't say that. He's beyond worried. All of us are. He already knew what you were going through. He's probably waiting for your call right now. Do you want your phone? I hesitated to respond. I still wasn't completely sure what had happened. So I was quite embarrassed. Hosok's mom squeezed my hand. Oma, it's okay, but if you're still tired, we'll let you rest. Me, don't leave. I held onto her hand tightly and she nodded softly. She patted my hand and brought the chair closer. Anji, we'll stay until they kick us out. She smiled, trying to lighten up the mood. I nodded and watched her come and sit on the other side of me. She tried to cheer me up with some of her ideas for the boutique, but my mind kept going elsewhere. Chan, I'm so sorry. Did I really confuse Chan with Hosok? Was it really Chan that helped us? I didn't know if I was still exhausted from the anxiety or the stress, but before I knew it, I had fallen asleep. I woke up the next morning when the door opened and I saw Dr. Beck walk in. She smiled softly as she walked over and sat down next to the bed. I tried to sit up and she helped me readjust the bed. Dr. Beck. Annie? How are you feeling today? Me. Better than yesterday? Dr. Beck do you want to tell me what happened what caused the panic attack i stared at my fumbling hands i didn't know where to begin there was still a lot i didn't remember dr beck then how was your vacation where did you go me on and i we went to the beach i don't like the sand but i wanted to see the ocean and i know one really likes going we stayed there the whole weekend dr beck that's great sounds like a relaxing time what did you do there Anji and I ate a lot of yummy food. We, no, she played on the beach and I enjoyed the view of the ocean. Um, We had a spa day and tried to relax. Uh, But I kept having trouble sleeping throughout the entire trip. Dr. Beck. Ah, that sounds so nice. Mm, So why do you think you had trouble sleeping? Were you too excited about being on vacation? I shook my head and took a deep breath. Me. Even before the vacation, I kept waking up at 3 a.m., That morning, the day of my panic attack, I woke up at 3 a.m., but this time I remembered my dream. Hosok appeared in my dream, so I woke up feeling guilty. Dr. Beck, why were you feeling guilty? Because you were having fun without him? I shook my head again and felt tears forming. Dr. Beck, take your time. I sniffled and tried to speak, but my voice kept cracking as I tried to fight back tears. Dr. Beck stood up and patted my shoulder. I was able to calm down enough and to finally speak without struggling. Dr. Beck sat back down and listened attentively. Me. I... I know I was supposed to... I was supposed to go on this vacation to clear my mind and not think about Hosok or... or Chan. But... One of the nights I couldn't sleep, I listened to the podcast they were reading, the letter I had sent. And... It turns out... Chan is the host. I called him and it just so happened that he was also staying at our hotel. Now that I'm saying this, it feels fake. Like it was all a dream. Or perfectly planned. I spent the rest of the vacation with him. I guess that's why I felt guilty. Because I was focused on someone new and I wasn't missing him as much as I used to. Or focusing on healing like I was supposed to. Dr. Beck. Any. Any. It's already been several months since his passing it's a natural thing to occur do do you see or hear hosok often me no not really not even in the beginning when he appeared in my dream he didn't say anything he was just smiling and when i had the panic attack his face appeared but he was just smiling it was like staring at a picture dr beck i see then do you think Maybe he's happy for you? She spoke cautiously, but I wondered if she had a point. Dr. Bick, why did you have the panic attack? What was the trigger? Was it Chan? Me? No, I don't think so. Chan made me a mix. He made me a playlist of songs for me and put them on a USB. We were listening to that, and one of the songs he had included, the song that started playing was the song that Hosook dedicated to me at our wedding. It was a song that we had our first dance to. As soon as I heard it, everything just came rushing back to me. I thought, I don't know. I just felt scared. Dr. Beck, that song, you hadn't heard it since your wedding? I nodded. I had avoided listening to music since. I didn't want to come across that song, but Anji didn't like the quiet, so she only played Korean music. Dr. Beck, any... I think it might be Hoseok's way of saying goodbye. I think it's time for you to finally let him go. For good. What do you think? I felt a slight sting in my heart. I couldn't help but think that maybe she had a point, but a part of me was just too selfish to let go. Dr. Bake, Annie, why do you think you've been holding on for this long? I kept staring at my fumbling hands. I hadn't given it much thought before, but now I was searching for the answer. I couldn't find my words. Dr. Beck, do you think it was maybe because he was your first relationship? Were you afraid of being lonely or not finding another love? More tears found their way out as it seemed she was able to read my heart. I supposed I was just ignoring the obvious and was only focused on the pain and the guilt I had for surviving and losing him. Me. I suppose you're right, but... Dr. Beck, don't make excuses anymore. If you want to keep this new relationship, you have to let him go completely it's okay to remember him every once in a while but you can't have a relationship with a ghost i felt a few tears slowly falling down my cheek i knew she was right and i knew what i had to do can i really do it thoughts of hosok filled my mind but soon they were taken over by chan's smile chan is my present i don't want to let him go i looked up at dr beck me all right i think i'm ready dr beck gave me a soft smile and nodded gently Dr. Beck, then when you get discharged, keep this promise, all right? I nodded and Dr. Beck stood up to leave. She stopped at the door and turned back to look at me. Dr. Beck, Annie, I'm really proud of you. Despite everything, you've done amazing at recovering. Stay positive, all right? I smiled shyly and nodded as Dr. Beck left. I didn't feel like I deserved her praise, as I had been reluctant in the beginning. The door opened again and Unji came in with a nurse and said I could leave in the morning. I nodded and the nurse left. Anji, I ran into Dr. Beck. Did you talk to her already? Me, yes. Anji, did something happen? Me, no. She just said what I needed to hear. Tomorrow, can can we at least take half the day off? Anji looked at me surprised and the door opened once more as Hoseok's mom came in with some food. Me, oh ma, are you doing all right? She looked at me, startled. Oma, of course. Why wouldn't I be? You should be focusing on yourself. Me, I'm getting discharged tomorrow. I'm fine now, but you look exhausted. Oma, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. I brought some food and ran into someone on the way over. She turned to the door. Come in. Angie and I looked at each other, confused, and before I knew it, the door opened and Chan walked in. My heart stopped, but I felt so happy to see him. He was holding a fruit basket and had a worried expression. Me, Chan? Chan, how are you feeling? I looked at him, then at Hosok's mom. Oma, since you didn't answer his messages, I invited him over to see you when I ran into him earlier. She turned to Chan. Come sit. She brought over the food and set it out for me and handed out the rest to Unji and Chan. Chan shyly sat down and gripped the fruit basket until Hosok's mom handed him the food. She took the basket and put it on the nightstand. The mood felt a bit awkward and I didn't know what to say to make it go away. Oma, Chan, is it? He was startled, but politely answered. Oma, don't think of me as Hosuk's mom. From now on, just think of me as Annie's mom. We're the only family we have left, including Eunji, of course. So don't feel shy or burdened. I want you to comfortably call or visit. Chan, "Uh, yes, ma'am. Oma, just call me mom. Chan, yes, ma'am. I I mean mom. Eunji and I couldn't help but giggle quietly, and I turned to see Chan's face had gotten red. It was enough for us to begin talking, but Chan still seemed to be struggling with the idea of calling her mom. It was understandable, though. I still felt a little awkward sometimes. She always had a straight face, so she came off as intimidating, but her tone was always warm and soft. Me. Now that everyone is here, I wanted to ask you all for a favor. They stopped and turned to look at me. Me. I was wondering if... If you aren't busy... I'd like for you all to go with me. Not all the way inside, but um, I'd like for you all to go with me for support. Chan. Where? Anji. To the apartment? I nodded and looked down at the food. I felt embarrassed as I wasn't sure why it had been so difficult for me to ask. Oma. Of course, we had already agreed to this. Chan looked around a bit confused, but didn't say anything. Oma. Ah, well, I'm done eating. Uh, Anji, let's go throw this trash away. Onji was about to say something, but seemed to catch on to what Hosok's mom was trying to do. They left the room and Chan scooted closer to my side. Chan, how are you feeling today? Me. Much better. I feel more rested. Chan, I'm glad to hear that. You look healthy, too. He smiled shyly and looked down at the floor. Me. Chan, I'm sorry about that. He looked up quickly and reached for my hand. Chan, you don't have to apologize. I should be the one apologizing. I feel like I rush things with you. I shook my head and put my other hand on top of his. Me, it's not your fault either. There's still so many things that we don't know about each other. But I want to do this the right way. I want you to go with me tomorrow. To say goodbye to Hosok for good. I had to take a pause as I was getting emotional at the thought of finally letting go. Chan moved from the chair to the edge of the bed and gave me a hug. I felt him stroking my hair gently. His heartbeat was calm and steady. Chan, whatever you need to do, I'll always support you. Don't rush into anything if you're not ready, though. I looked up at him, but he wouldn't meet my eyes. Me, Chan, I've been ready since that day at the park. But I just felt guilty since he since he died so soon and with his mom being around. But I feel like they've both given us their blessing. He finally met my eyes, and I could tell he was holding back tears. It made my heart ache to see this side of him. Chan, are are you sure? I don't, I don't want you to force yourself because of me. I don't mind waiting. I pulled away completely and looked over his expression. Me, then are you saying you want to break up? Chan, no, no. I just don't want you to cause... I, I don't want to cause you pain. I feel like I've been selfish. Me, then so have I. Because when I'm with you or... Even just talking with you, I don't miss him at all. And I'm sorry if I scared you, but one of the songs you put, it was... Chan, Anji told me. I'm sorry, I... I took his hands in mine. Me. No, you didn't know, but it wasn't so much the fact that it was the song he sang for me. I just remembered the accident. And I guess it was the song, but... When I thought I saw Hosok, it wasn't... I don't know how to explain it. He... He was smiling, but it was my guilt that made me feel anxious. I felt like I was cheating on him. It's silly, but he's not here anymore. And I stopped talking and just stared at him until he finally looked up at me again. Chan, is something wrong? Are you feeling sick? Me, why did you just let me ramble? I sounded so crazy just now. He stared at me wide-eyed for a few seconds before chuckling. Me, wow, now you're even laughing at me. He pulled me in for another hug, and I wrapped my arms around his shoulders. Chan, I'm sorry. I just didn't want to interrupt you. Me. Chan, I'm really okay now. He stroked my hair again, and I could feel him nodding. Chan, that's my girl. I felt my face blush as he said those words. He stayed with me for a while before he said he had to leave. He promised to go with me the next day to the apartment. We said goodbye, and Nanji came back inside a while later. Me. Where's mom? Anji, I don't know. She says she had to go. Me, ah, uh, she could have said goodbye. Anji, you'll see her tomorrow. Is everything all right with Chan? He looks super nervous. Me, yeah. I explained why I wanted to go to the apartment. Anji, do you think me and Chan will actually last? She cocked her head and thought for a moment. Anji, sure. Why not? Me, do you think we rushed things? Anji, shouldn't you discuss this with him or Doctor Beck? I looked at her with a pleading expression. Anji, I guess you have. I don't think so. Every relationship is different. And you're not the same person anymore. We can't compare what's going on now to what happened before. Chan is an incredible person too. He's so patient, kind, and understanding. As long as you guys can talk to each other about whatever you're going through, I'm sure you guys can stay together forever. Me. Forever? Anji, why? You don't want to? Me. It's just... Forever doesn't seem like a long time anymore. Anji Anni Me. I'm fine, really. She gave me another look and let it go. Me. How's Menho? Anji. He's great he She stopped mid sentence and winced. Me. You still can't tell me? Seriously? Anji No, it's not me. It's fine. I'm not going to push any further. By the way you winced, you're obviously uncomfortable talking about it. I'll pretend I don't know anything. Anji Oni, it's not I shook my head then covered my ears. Me, it's fine. You really don't have to tell me if you're not ready. I just want you to be happy too. You know that, right? She nodded and sat down next to me. We stayed quiet for a while before she broke the ice. Anji, uh, I still haven't been able to show you the pictures I took from our trip. She took out her phone and started showing me all the pictures she took. The majority were either scenic or food related, but then a few pictures of the boys showed up. Anji, I took a few pictures of them. I couldn't resist, but they agreed to them. I had to send a voice message as a sworn promise that I wouldn't post these online. We laughed and finally reached the end of the photos. Anji, I already sent them to you, but since you've been here, I know you haven't been checking your phone. Me, it's better to see them together like this. I would have scolded you otherwise. She laughed again and agreed. We stayed up talking for a while before I started feeling sleepy. I woke up the next morning feeling a bit anxious. Hosok's mom had brought me some clothes and Unji was waiting downstairs after taking care of the bill. I quickly got changed and went to meet up with her. As we walked outside to get a taxi, we heard a honk and some yelling. We turned thinking there maybe was an accident, but instead we saw the boys waving us over. Unji turned over to me and shrugged confused. We both turned to Hosok's mom who was wearing her usual blank expression. We walked over to greet them and asked why they were there. Felix. We were all worried about Nuna, but Chan wouldn't let us visit. We heard you were getting discharged today, so we came to see you. Me, I'm sorry I worried you all. It must have been really surprising. Jongin, yes, well, we're glad you're feeling better. We brought you something too. He opened the back door and got some flowers and another fruit basket from the back seat. Me, ah, uh, you didn't have to go through the trouble. Felix, no, it's okay. We wanted to get this for you. Do you all need a ride? Minho, our manager said it was okay. We hadn't noticed him at first since he had stayed in the van, but he had rolled down the window to speak as he shyly looked at unji. To avoid being nosy again, I quickly changed the subject. Me, where are my manners? Guys, this is my mom. I felt a bit awkward, but went along with it. I turned to Hoseok's mom and introduced the boys. Me, Oma, this is Felix, Jonghyun, and Minho. They're friends and colleagues with Chan. They greeted each other and offered again to take us home. We hesitated, but ended up taking them up on their offer at their insistence. We got in and gave their manager our address. Anji, but why didn't Chan come? Minho, oh, he was busy with something, so he had to stay behind. Oma, but what exactly do you all do? You all look so young. Felix, oh, we're singers. Our group name is Stray Kids. Oma, Stray Kids? Why? What does that mean? Minho, wow, you really are mother and daughter. Neither of you know who we are. The boys laughed but explained to her slowly until she understood. Oma. So then, you all are famous. How? She turned to me. How on earth did you meet Chan? Me. It was just by coincidence. Come to think of it, it was at this hospital after one of my sessions. I was walking. I was waiting for a taxi and he offered to share his. Then we ran into each other at the park. On the same bench Hosok and I used to have lunch at. and The third time was at the apartment. Chongin wait, that doesn't sound right. I turned to look at him confused. He smiled shyly and Felix explained. Felix, I guess you really didn't pay attention. We asked him the same question, but he said he had actually seen you before sharing the taxi. Me, really? I don't remember, but then again, he was always wearing a mask. jong that could be why you don't remember. Felix, yeah, that's probably why. Me, so then when did he say it was the first time? Jong-un, He held the door open for you since you were having a hard time with your crutches. I sat back and thought for a moment. I suddenly remembered what they were talking about. I had been so annoyed that day that I didn't even thank the person properly and had walked off. Me. Oh, how embarrassing. I remember that time. I didn't even turn to face him when I said thank you. I just kept walking and casually said it in English. Angie. She has the habit of speaking in English when she's upset. Felix. Oh, really? Well, either way, that's when he first saw you. Minho, and when he saw you waiting for a taxi, he thought that was a perfect chance to get to know you. Me, really? Oh my gosh. I didn't know any of this. I felt my face get red and warm. I quickly covered my cheeks as Unji began to tease me. Oma, I guess our Hoseok was right about how he described you. Me, Oma. Oma, it's all right. I'm beginning to see it too. I looked at her as she patted my hand and saw a glimpse out the window. Me, wait... Where are we going? Anji and Hosok's mom also started staring out the windows. Jongin, up! Oh, we're here, Luna. Wait a moment, please. The van stopped and parked. Their manager got out, and so did Minho and Jongin. They all went inside as Felix stayed with us, looking suspicious. I looked out of the window and saw we were at a restaurant of some kind. And suddenly the door opened, and Jongin gave a signal to Felix. Felix, all right. Shall we go in? He opened the door for us and helped us out of the van before going over to hold the restaurant door open. As soon as we walked inside, the rest of the boys shouted surprise and clapped. Chan was holding a cake standing in the middle of them, smiling brightly. All of them were a bit more dressed up and it suddenly made sense why Hosok's mom had packed a dress. I didn't question it since I thought it was probably the first thing she saw since I hadn't unpacked my regular clothes yet. I turned to look at her for the first time. Her expression had seemed to soften. Tears formed as I... stared at her until she finally turned to me. Oma, what are you doing? Go to him. She gave me an exhausted smile and I wrapped my arms around her. Me, thank you so much. For everything. She patted my back and pulled away. Oma, it's nothing. Go on, go say hi. I wiped away the tears and smiled at her once more before going over to Chan. Chan, happy belated birthday. Me, oh my gosh. Chan, "I I told you I was kidding. We laughed and went over to sit down with the others. Changbin, can we eat now? I'm starving. Chan, you always say that. Minho, look, they're already bringing out the food. Soon there were several conversations going on at once and it was starting to feel a bit overwhelming. Chan reached over and grabbed my hand. I turned to look at him and he gave me a reassuring smile. I felt at ease again and we all finished eating. Changbin, can we cut the cake now? I couldn't help but laugh as he sounded like a toddler, eager for dessert. Changbin looked at me with a blank expression. Me. I'm sorry, you just sounded really cute right now. Changbin smiled, but he looked a bit smug. Minho, don't encourage him, please. Changbin turned to glare at Minho. Me, oh, well, I meant cute, as in he looks like a baby kind of way. Changbin's expression changed yet again as the others laughed. Changbin, hey, we're not that close for you to be treating me like this. Me, oh, sorry. Chan, hey, don't be rude to her. She doesn't have to apologize to you. They started their banter again and I quickly got the cake and lit the candles. Unji Happy birthday to you. Anji stood up and started singing and clapping. The others quickly stood up and followed suit. They finished singing and I blew out the candles. As I removed the candles and started to cut the cake, one of the boys asked how old I was. Me, Oh, I just turned 26. jong Really? Wow. Felix, You don't look 26. Minho, chan Hyung is turning 24 this year. I stopped cutting the cake and looked over at Chan. Me, I thought we were the same age. Chan, me too, but it's okay. Don't worry. He smiled reassuringly, but I started to feel a little awkward. Is it really okay if I'm older? I cut a slice and put it on a plate and handed it to Changbin. He looked at the plate and then at me and smiled. Changbin, thank you, lovely Nuna. Chan, don't call her that. It's creepy coming from you. Changbin ignored him and started eating the cake. I handed out more slices until everyone had a piece. I sat down and Chan cut a slice for me and I thanked him and took a few bites before Chengbin said he wanted more. Chan, get it yourself. Chengbin, fine. Lovely Nuna, can I have some more? I tried to hold in my laughter and nodded. He came over, but instead of cutting a slice, he took the rest of the cake back to his seat. Chan, hey, that's not a slice. Chengbin, yes it is. Chan, no, it's not. Chengbin, yes it is. Nuna, they both turned to look at me. It's all right. You can have it. Changbin. Thank you, lovely Nuna. He stuck out his tongue at Chan and started eating. Chan looked over at me and leaned in. Chan. Why are you letting him eat the rest of your cake? Me. How could I say no to him? Chan. Easy. You just say no. I leaned in closer and whispered to him. Actually, he's rather intimidating. Changbin. Nuna! I jumped at his sudden outburst as the others laughed. I turned to look at him, thinking he had heard me. Changbin. Why are you two whispering? Are you sharing a secret? I turned back to Chan. See what I mean? Chan let out a laugh but yelled back at Changbin. Chan, hey, don't yell at her like that. She said you scare her. I turned to look at him surprised and embarrassed. I looked over at Changbin to try and clear things up. Changbin, Nuna, you think I'm scary? Felix, she wouldn't be the only one. Some of the others agreed and Changbin sighed. I didn't know if I should be honest so I hesitated before answering. Seeing him become sulky made my heart sink. Chengbin made a pouty face and I panicked. No, you're not scary. I just meant that I'm still not used to you all yet. Chengbin, really? Is that it? I nodded trying to convince him. I felt bad after seeing him pouting. A smile slowly crept across his face and he blushed. Chengbin, then, Luna, should we hang out more? My eyes grew wide as I didn't expect it to sound so creepy. Chen, Not without my supervision. Changbin's smile faded and he looked away annoyed. The others laughed at the exchange, making it bearable instead of awkward. We finished the cake and the others were going to head back, but Chan asked me to go with him somewhere. I went over to tell Unji and Hosok's mom and they said they would be at Unji's apartment. I said goodbye to everyone and went to meet Chan. Chan, before we go to your apartment, I thought taking you here would be good for you. We were in a taxi heading somewhere that he said he was, that was sacred to him. Chan, I come here to relax and clear my mind when I get too overwhelmed. I want to share this place with you since I feel like you need it too. Me, but this is your space, are you sure? He nodded, giving me a soft smile. We arrived at a small cabin surrounded by trees. It looked really quiet and peaceful. Chan helped me out of the taxi and held my hand as he walked over to the cabin. Chan, this is where I come to recharge. What do you think? I was still trying to take it all in as I looked around outside. I turned to face him. Me. This this place is beautiful. I, I don't know what else to say. He smiled at me sweetly and wrapped his arm around my shoulder. Chan, I've only been renting this place for a while. Apparently it was bought by someone, but they haven't spoken to the owner yet. The person who bought it agreed to rent it until they came to claim it. I hope that person continues to rent it out. He laughed and shook his head. Chan, I'm being too selfish. Sorry. I smiled back at him and wrapped my arms around his waist. He showed me the interior of the cabin, which was decorated simply, but still gave off a cozy vibe, which was my style. It felt like a comfortable place to be, and Chan said that he had been drawn to this place as soon as he saw the listing. Chan, I haven't told the others about this place. They just know I go to the park sometimes. But when I need space from the rest of the world, this is the place. Me. Then why are you showing me? Chan, you might need it more than me. We took a final look around before we saw it was getting late. Halfway to my apartment, I called Angie to meet us there. We arrived almost at the same time and met at the entrance to the building. The four of us walked inside and went up to my floor in silence. Knowing what I needed to do made me feel extremely anxious on the way over. I hesitated in front of the door, feeling frozen in place. I felt someone put their hand on my shoulder. Oma, you don't have to force yourself if you're still not ready. I put my hand over hers and turned to see her pained expression me if i don't do it now i never will she nodded and i turned back to the door i took a deep breath and opened the door as i walked in everything was just as how i had left it all the pictures and memories taking over my mind tears slowly fell from my eyes as i felt suffocated i looked around the room seeing hosok's ghost everywhere and hearing his voice and laughter echoing within my mind i went over to the couch where the box had been placed in the centre I picked it up and stared at it with more tears, blurring my vision. My heart was beating rapidly at first, but slowly, I felt a calming warmth wrap around my body. It was as if Hosok was giving me a final hug. I wiped away a few tears and reached for the lid of the box. My hands trembled as I removed the lid and unfolded the tissue paper. There was a letter on top, but I set it aside as I continued to look through the box. Under the letter was a book wrapped in more tissue paper. I set the box aside to be able to open the book. After unwrapping it, I saw it was a scrapbook, similar to the one that I had made for him. On the cover was the phrase, Our story begins. The tears welled up again, but I quickly wiped them away. I opened the book and saw a few similar pictures and some of his selfies. There were cute messages written along the blank spaces in between the photos. When I got to the last page, his final note was written. Hosok my darling bride-to-be, I love you more than words could ever describe. Thank you for choosing me. I closed the book and looked through the box again, fighting off more tears. I took out a jewelry box and saw it was a set of rings. I quickly closed the box and gasped and held it with both hands as I recalled a conversation we had before the wedding. Memory. Hosuk. What kind of wedding bands should we get? Me. Normal ones? Hosuk. Hey, really? I didn't take you for that kind of girl. Me. ah <laughs> What do you mean? Are there different types? Hosok, of course! We can't even get custom rings made. Me, no, but why waste so much money? Hosok, it's a symbol of our marriage and it's something we're always going to be wearing, so we can spend on that, can't we? Me, I guess, but we could use that money for something else, like in case of an emergency or something. Hosok, honey, don't worry. I'll always provide for you and our family. Trust me. It was hard to hold back as I slowly opened the box again. The smaller ring had a crescent moon shape and the bigger one had a crescent moon cut out. I closed the box again and held it tightly as I broke down silently. I gathered myself after a few minutes and continued on. I took out another envelope that had surprise written on it and opened it. Inside were two tickets to a trip to Greece, the place where I had always wanted to go. I put them back in the envelope and took out a notebook. And there was nothing on the outside but when I opened it it seemed to be his journal. He wrote down his thoughts and worries as well as plans for their future. Everything was very personal and it showed the side of him I never knew about, the dark side his mother had told me about. He wrote about his internal struggle as he wanted to be happy for me, but his negative thoughts would sometimes become too much. He wrote about going to therapy and taking it more seriously since meeting me. I broke my heart reading this. It made me feel guilty that I didn't see this and I didn't know he was struggling. The last entry was from the night before our wedding. Journal entry. Hosok. Tomorrow's the day. I have a strange feeling. I'm happy, but I also feel sad. Why would I be sad if I have the girl of my dreams? I don't know. Lately, I have been feeling better, but even Dr. Beck says she's seen improvement. So why am I feeling sad? It's not anxiety. Ah, I've noticed this. I feel sad every time I think of her or look at her. What if I let her down? My Annie. She deserves to be happy always with or without me, always happy. I broke down again and slammed the journal shut. A business card flew out. It was Dr. Beggs. So, she knew Hosok? She was also his therapist? My mind was jumbling with everything going on. I was feeling suffocated again, and I had to take a break. I got up and went to open the door to the balcony. I stood at the doorway and stared at the night sky. The tears flowed, and I shuddered as a cool breeze flew past me. I felt a warmth pull me back inside and I looked inside the box again. The last item was a large yellow envelope that had Last Surprise written on it. I stared at it and at the first envelope I had taken out, unsure of which to open first. Since it says Last Surprise, I'll leave it for last. I opened the smaller envelope and took out a letter that was dated the day of our wedding. When did he write this? I hadn't remembered him being late to the ceremony or being alone any time after that did he write it in the morning? hosok my beloved bride, we're officially married. Are you happy? I'm excited to see what our future has, but I don't think this lifetime will give us enough time. Forever doesn't seem all that long for some reason. Have you looked at all the gifts I prepared for you? I know you might be surprised, especially with my journal. I'm sorry I didn't tell you before, but I was being selfish. I wanted to make sure you were mine before telling you. There's no turning back now. Honey, I'm truly happy we met. You literally saved my life. I can't imagine, no, I don't want to imagine my life without you or even what my life would be like if we ever parted. Your love has been so sincere and pure. You deserve that same type of love. Never forget that you're worth it. Don't feel burdened when people compliment you or want to enter your life. No matter what happens to me or to us in the future, I'll always be on your side. Whenever you feel sad or miss me too much, go outside and enjoy the sunshine. Whenever you need my reassurance, look in the mirror and smile. I'll be smiling back at you. And if you ever feel hopeless or lost, go to that place and find peace. And please, don't ever feel alone, because you are so loved by me, Anji, my mom, and whoever comes into your life after me. You'll forever be my moon, and I will forever be your sun. Let's meet in every life after this. I promise I won't leave you alone ever again. Let's continue to be happy. Okay, my love? Yours truly, Hosok. I burst out crying again, but this time I couldn't cry silently. What the heck? Why did it sound like a goodbye letter? Did he want to die? Hosok, why did you do this? I clutched the letter tightly and gasped for air. I faintly heard the door open and the concerned voices of Unji, Chan, and Hosok's mom. I felt them all wrap their arms around me, but I was just in so much pain. I felt like I no longer knew who I had married. I was confused about his letter, but... It soon started to feel like an official goodbye. I had been so angry because he had left me alone without saying goodbye at the hospital, but this was his goodbye. He had it planned all along. I just refused to listen. So many emotions took over me, but I was letting it all out. I was officially letting him go, and despite being surrounded by people hugging me, I shivered as the warm feeling I had slowly drifted away. Me. (laughs) He's gone. He's really gone. Chan. I'm so sorry, Anji, Only it's okay, Oma, let it all out. I cried for a few minutes before finally being able to come back to my senses. They all slowly pulled away and stayed quiet. Anji got up and went to get me some tissues. I wiped away the tears and stood up to go wash my face and blow my nose. I came back and grabbed the last envelope. Hosok's mom came and sat next to me. She patted my knee but didn't say anything. I opened the envelope and saw a house deed with Hosok's name and my name on it. There was also a life insurance policy for Hosok and as his only beneficiary. I looked over at Hosok's mom, surprised, and she finally spoke. Oma, Hosok, Hosok sold his apartment, his watches, used all of his savings and moved back in with me to be able to buy that place for you as his final wedding gift. At first, I thought he was foolish for spending so much money on that isolated place, but I didn't want to discourage him as this was one of the few things he had taken seriously. When he was finally about to buy it, the price went up unexpectedly because someone else had become interested in the property. He was devastated, thinking he wouldn't be able to come up with the money. I sold my store and gave him my savings so he could pay it in full. We allowed the previous owners to stay there up until a few days before the wedding. Since they still need your signature, they've asked to rent it and till you're ready. She grabbed the envelope and took out a picture and a key from the bottom. She handed them both to me and I took the objects from her. The picture was of Hosok in front of a cabin. I gasped. What the? No way. I looked over at Chan then turned the photo over. Photo. Our new home. Wait, was this the place we were headed to that night? I couldn't believe all the coincidences. It felt more and more like fate. I looked up at Chan again, who tried to give me a comforting smile through his concerned expression. It was meant to be you in the end. I looked back to the picture, seeing Hosok's overly bright smile. Maybe he knew he would eventually succumb to his depression. He was ready to say goodbye. Hosok. I'm sorry it took so long. I slowly put everything back in the box, neatly, except for the last envelope. Hosok's mom took it and gave it back to me once I was done. Oma. Just go to sign and you can move there or you can keep renting it. Just please don't sell it. He really wanted you to have it. Me, what about you or your store? Oma, I'm fine. I don't need the store and I already have a home. It's yours, my daughter. She patted my leg and gave me a sincere smile. It made me feel a bit more at ease and I unexpectedly hugged her. Me, thank you. Thank you so much, Oma. Oma, it's nothing. We'll always be family. She patted my back and we pulled away. She helped me wipe away a few tears and went to get me some water. Chan shyly came over and brushed away some hair from my face. Chan, are you okay? I leaned over and rested my head on his shoulder. Hoseok's mom set the cup of water on the end table and grabbed her purse. Me, you're leaving already? I sat up straight and looked at her. She nodded and tapped Unji's shoulder. Eunji, yeah, we should get going. Eunji, are you going to stay the night here? I thought about it for a moment and eventually nodded. She stood up and I gave them another goodbye hug. After closing the door behind them, I looked around the room quietly. Chan, what is it? Me. It. It's the same, but it feels so different. I don't know. He stood up and hugged me. My eyes felt heavy after all the crying, but I didn't want Chan to leave. I didn't want to be alone, but I didn't want to ask him to stay if he had to leave. Chan, do... Do you want me to to stay? He was still hugging me, stroking my hair, making me feel safe. I wrapped my arms around him even tighter and buried my face in his shoulder. Chan, don't worry. I won't go anywhere. We stayed there for a while longer before I could no longer stand up. Chan walked me to my room and said he would stay on the couch. We said goodnight and I crawled into bed. I fell asleep as soon as I laid my head down. I woke up to faint knocking on my bedroom door, but I didn't have the energy to get up. I felt so weak. I couldn't even speak. I tried opening my eyes, but they still felt heavy, so I ended up falling asleep again. The next thing I knew, I woke up to see Chan sitting by my bed, looking tired and worried. Chan. Oh, you're awake? How are you feeling? I still felt weak, but I managed to speak. Me. So tired. He reached over and gently touched my face. He got a wet towel from the bowl on the nightstand and wiped my face. Chan. I was worried when you didn't answer me to come eat some breakfast. Sorry, I barged in. You have a slight fever. Me. It's okay. I'll be okay. Chan, you still need to eat something. I'll be right back. He stood up and left my room. I turned over on my side, even though my body ached. I saw him go back and forth in the kitchen. After a while, I saw him walk over with a tray. He set it down on the chair since there wasn't any room on the nightstand. He looked so cute as he panicked about the mess he had made. He cleaned up the wet towels and bowl and then set the tray down on the nightstand. He helped me sit up and sat back down. I was about to reach for the tray when he stopped me. Chan, I'll help you. I don't want you to spill any on yourself. It felt a little awkward having Chan feed me, but I truly didn't have the energy to argue against it. I finished as much as I could of the soup and sank back into bed. A few minutes later, I heard the front door open and saw a glimpse of Unji leaving some things on the table before coming over. Unji, you must have really kept a lot bottled up inside to have gotten sick like this. Are you feeling better? She crouched down next to me and touched my forehead. I slowly nodded and she sighed. Unji, (sighs) I just came to drop off some groceries. I have to go back to the boutique. Mom might stop by later. She stroked my hair and gave me a sorrowful look. Me. Don't pity me. Unji, I'm not. I'm just worried. This is the first time you've gotten sick in a long time and I can't take care of you. Are you sure you'll be okay? I nodded and she finally got up and said goodbye to me and Chan. Chan, I'll be back. I'm gonna put away the groceries. Me, are you sure you can stay? What about work? Chan, don't worry about that. Just rest. He stood up and smiled at me before going into the kitchen again. I heard him putting away the groceries and cleaning up before coming back. However, my vision suddenly blurred and I lost consciousness. I woke up feeling dazed, wondering why I suddenly passed out. The room was completely dark and extremely quiet. I managed to get out of bed and went into the restroom to wash my face. I went out into the living area, but still didn't see anyone. It suddenly occurred to me that I hadn't turned on any lights, but I just knew the apartment was empty. I looked for my phone to see if I had any missed calls or messages. I finally found it, but there was nothing. I tried calling Hosok's mom and Unji, but they wouldn't answer. I looked for Chan's number and dialed it, but it sent me to Hosok's voicemail. What the? I checked the number and tried again, but I got the same voicemail message. Hosok, hello. You've reached Hosok. I can't answer now. Please leave your name and number so I can call you back. Thank you. What's going on? How is this possible? I felt my head spin, and I just couldn't understand why this was happening. No matter how many times I called, it was always the same. No one else was answering, and I started to feel lightheaded. I sat down on the couch and tried looking for Chan's podcast, but I couldn't find it either. What? Was everything a lie? No, it can't be. I'm not crazy. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. I burst into tears not knowing what else to do. My world came crumbling down, and I didn't know what was real anymore. I kept trying to remember all the details of what had happened after Hosok passed away, but everything was jumbling together and I couldn't put the events in order. I was alone in the darkness, just crying on the couch when suddenly I woke up and I was in a white room, unknown to me. Dr. Beck. Annie, how are you feeling? I turned to see Dr. Beck sitting in the corner with her notepad staring at me with furrowed brows and her lips pursed tightly. Me. Dr. Dr. Beck. Where? Where am I? What happened? Dr. Beck. Memory loss. She started taking notes, but she seemed different. I couldn't exactly remember her, but I just felt like something was off. Instead of asking more questions or answering mine, she just stood up and left. I tried to go after her, but she slammed the door behind her. I banged on the door, but no one answered. My hand felt sore from all the knocking, and I fell to the floor, feeling helpless. I still didn't understand what was going on. I heard movement outside and then heard a creak. A tray of food was poking through the slot in the door, and that's when I realized I wasn't in an ordinary hospital room. I stood up quickly, looking around, bewildered. In the room was only a bed, a small toilet, a small sink, and the wooden chair Dr. Beck had been sitting in. It was almost like a prison cell, only brighter as sunlight shone through the window. Suddenly, the brightness intensified, and I had to close my eyes and look away. When I opened them, I was back in a dark space. However, when I tried to get up, I hit my head on something and realized I was in an enclosed space. I began to panic and bang on the wall or lid. I couldn't even think straight as complete fear took over me. I yelled out for help, but I couldn't hear anything besides the banging and my cries for help. No one was coming to my rescue. Due to all the yelling and panic, I ran out of oxygen and lost consciousness again. I heard muffling voices, but I couldn't move or speak. I could distinguish them as Unji's and Hosok's mom's voices, but I couldn't quite understand what they were saying. I tried to open my eyes, but I couldn't. I kept trying to move, but my body wouldn't listen to me. After a few minutes, the voices finally became clearer. Unji, Oma, do you think she'll wake up soon? Oma. She has to. She was just keeping too many things inside. She'll wake up when she's ready. She just must have been too tired. Unji, <laughs> I hope so. I can't lose her, too. Oma. Me neither. My heart ached as I said that. What's happening to me? What's wrong with me? I gathered all the strength I could and tried to move again. I suddenly jolted awake, gasping for air. Unji and Hosok's mom jumped in surprise and ran over to me. As soon as they came into my line of vision, all three of us teared up and Unji yelled out for the nurses but refused to leave my side. The nurses and a doctor came in and checked on me. They asked a few questions which were hard to answer as my throat hurt and felt raspy. After confirming my vitals were normal, they left and let Onge and Hosok's mom stay behind. They sat next to the bed and held on to my hand. I tried to ask what happened, but they stopped me and told me to take it easy. I felt so incredibly weak and drained. They stayed with me in silence, and despite my efforts to stay awake, I fell asleep again. I was afraid this would be part of the series of nightmares I had, but I woke up the next morning at the same place. Angie and Hoseok's mom were still there, and so was Dr. Beck. Angie and Hoseok's mom left as Dr. Beck sat by my side and gave me a gentle smile. Dr. Beck, I'm glad you're back. You must be feeling confused and scared. I know you must feel weak. I brought along a few things to help us communicate. I won't take up too much of your time. I'm sure you want to rest and see your family again. She patted my hand and put her supplies down. She placed a notepad on the bed and a pen in my weak hand. It was hard to grip it, but I tried my best. Dr. Beck, This is just for simple responses. If it's too hard, we'll try something else, okay? I nodded slightly and she smiled. Dr. Beck, Do you remember anything from before you woke up here at the hospital? I tried to remember, but all I could think of were all the nightmares I had before waking up here. I sloppily wrote bad dreams on the notepad. She took a look and I saw her worried expression. Dr. Beck, We'll talk about those at a later time. Don't feel scared. They were just dreams. So, you don't remember anything before that? I remembered being in bed, and I was about to write that when Chan's face appeared in my mind. I hesitated and instead wrote no on the notepad. What if I did imagine him? What if they weren't nightmares? I couldn't trust my memories anymore, and I was afraid of losing someone else. Dr. Beck noticed my hesitation, but decided to let it go. Dr. Beck, that's all for now. I'll keep in touch with your doctor and come back when you've gathered more strength, okay? Get well soon, Annie. She grabbed her things and put them in her bag. She squeezed my hand and gave me a sympathetic smile before leaving. A short while later, Unji came in and sat down. Anji, that was shorter than expected. You must still feel tired. Do you need anything? I softly shook my head and stared at the ceiling. If he was only in my head. I don't want to think about that. I tried to focus on something else, but it was hard since I couldn't speak. Unji seemed to be struggling too. We stayed there quietly for a while. There was a knock on the door and it slowly opened. Anji went over to see who it was, but I wasn't paying attention to their conversation. I was lost in a daze trying to keep my mind from thinking about Chan when the next thing I knew, Anji was setting flowers on the end table. I took a quick glance at them, but then turned away. Unji, aren't you curious about the note? Me, oh, ma. That was all I managed to whisper and Unji looked at me confused. Unji, what? I could tell she was worried and confused, but she tried to sound normal Anji, uh, Oma had work, but she'll be here later. She leaned back in her chair and took out her phone. I heard frantic typing, but chose not to think much of it. I watched the shadows from the trees outside dance around until the sunset. Anji had tried to make conversation, but it was hard since I couldn't really respond. I had to stay in the hospital for a few more days, and I was told I had to go back to physical therapy. Me, why? What's wrong with my body? Doctor, you don't remember our first conversation from when you woke up? I looked at him confused. I really couldn't remember what he was talking about. He adjusted his glasses and cleared his throat. Doctor, <clears> throat> you were in a fever-induced coma for three days. We were worried about brain damage since you were also under a lot of stress. Luckily, you were back to perfect health, except that since your body was also under extreme stress, you may still find it difficult to move. We just want to take precautions in case you suffered from any physical side effects. I nodded and he left. Dr. Beck entered a few minutes later and sat down next to me. Dr. Beck, I heard you'll be discharged soon. How are you feeling? Emotionally. Me. Tired. Everything is tired. My mind. My body. My heart. Dr. Beck, do you think we can talk about those nightmares? I looked away from her and thought about how to avoid talking about Chan. She sat quietly waiting for my response. Me. Okay. Dr. Beck, what were they about? Me. I um, <clears throat> I woke up to an empty apartment. It was dark and annoyingly quiet. I tried to call Anji and Hoseok's mom, but they wouldn't answer. The calls kept going to Hoseok's, <clears throat> to Hoseok's voicemail. I was trying to call them, but the number always changed to Hoseok's, no matter what I did. Dr. Beck, how did you feel during that dream? Me, I was sad and confused that I couldn't reach anyone. Dr. Beck, what about Chan? Did you try calling him? I looked away again and avoided the question. Dr. Beck, what about the other dream? Me, I fell asleep crying in the first dream, then I woke up in the second dream. I was in a mental hospital. You were there, but you were so different. You were cold and dismissive towards me. I was confused as to why I was there, and I was frustrated that no one answered my questions or knocking. It, it was so vivid though, all the dreams seemed like they were so real, I i don't even know if this is real. Dr. Beck, were these the only dreams? Me. There was one more. Um. In the second dream, there was sunlight coming through the window, but it suddenly got so bright that I had to close my eyes and look away when i opened my eyes again i was in a box or something it was dark and cold and no matter how much i cried out and banged on the box no one heard me and it never opened i passed out and suddenly i was hearing Anji and hosok's mom talking about me i woke up after that but i was still feeling confused as to whether or not i was really awake dr beck leaned forward and patted my hand dr beck any you kept a lot of pain and anger hidden inside And with the fever, all of that, all of those emotions manifested into those nightmares. But that's all they were. It wasn't real, and you were here, alive and healthy. You need to acknowledge your feelings and express them. Maybe starting a journal can help. Me. You said the same thing to Hosok. I finally opened the box. It seems like he always knew he was going to die one way or another. Dr. Beck. I'm sorry I couldn't tell you. Me. I understand. Dr. Beck, can I ask? Why won't you talk about Chan anymore? Did you two fight? I fumbled with my hands and felt tears building up. Dr. Beck, any? Me, I'm. I'm afraid. Those nightmares. I felt so crazy. I thought I had made him up. What if he's not real? What if I am crazy? Dr. Beck, It's okay. And you're not crazy. Those were just nightmares. That fear was manifested that way in those dreams. Remember that? Me. How can I know for sure? Dr. Beck smiled softly. You can call him. That's an easy way to see if he's real. Me. I'm afraid. Dr. Beck. You already faced one fear. You can face this too. Don't worry. You still have Unji and Hoseok's moms to support you. It's okay to be afraid, but don't let it consume you. Me. What if it turns out that I am crazy? Dr. Beck. Then Anji, Hosok's mom, and I will all help you get better. You are not alone. I will not give up on you, and neither will they. I slowly nodded as I focused on my fumbling hands. Dr. Beck said we should stop there and said goodbye. I stayed sitting up in bed and just stayed lost in thought. Anji had called just to check up on me. The phone ringing had scared me since I didn't realize it was there. We hung up and I went over to sit by the window. I just stared outside quietly, clearing my mind until night came. I heard the door open, assumed it was either Unji or a nurse, but the voice that spoke was neither. Chan. Any? His voice was soft and soothing, despite his worried tone. Tears filled my eyes, but I couldn't bring myself to face him. As much as I had missed him and wanted to hug him, I just couldn't. I heard him walk closer. Me. Don't. Please don't come closer. Chan. Uh, oh, are you okay? Do you? Me. Chan. I I can't. I don't think I should. I think we should. Chan. Any? Please don't. What's wrong? Talk to me, please. Me. we, We, we rushed it. I shouldn't have called you that night. I wasn't ready. I, I'm i sorry. I just can't... Chan, but w- what do you mean? I heard him come a bit closer. Me. Please don't make me face you. It's already hard enough. I was trying hard to fight back the tears and emotions. I didn't want to continue worrying him or cause him any pain. I wanted to go to him once I was completely healed, but I was also hoping by then we would let go of each other. Liking each other at that time seems so wrong. He deserves so much more than me. I can't make him happy, Chan. Then please don't do this. Any, I know you're in a lot of pain and you've been through so much, but I promise to be there for you. Me, you shouldn't be worried about me. You have such an important career that you should be focused on. I, I can't keep taking you away from that, Chan. Any, I, I overheard you and Doctor Beck. I'm real. We are real. Please. Please don't let go. I... me, no. You deserve better than this. You shouldn't have to be putting me back together. I should have done that first before holding on to you. Chan. But I can... me. please. Hosok... Hosok knew he wasn't well, but he hung on to me. I didn't know the struggles he had, and... I don't want to put you through the same thing. Chan but I do know your struggles. I want to help you. Me, please, let me do this. Let me heal myself and save myself for myself. I'll come find you when I'm ready. I could hear him crying, and as much as it hurt me, I had to ignore it. Champ, do you promise? Because I came here to say something, something important. I couldn't bring myself to make that promise to him we should both let go and end it for good. Chan. Promise me. Please. His voice cracked and I broke down crying. Me. Chan. I... I can't... We should... Chan. I love you. I mean it. Not for cliche reasons. I love you as you are and as the person who liked me for me. And I love you for making me realize that I love you. I couldn't bear it anymore and cried even harder, shivering as I tried to fight it. Chan, I'm sorry for being so selfish. I just, I had to tell you. But The last thing I wanted to do was hurt you. Please forgive me. I could hear the agony in his voice and the regret for his outburst. No, we were both too impulsive. I heard him set something down on the table and leave. I hugged my knees and cried helplessly. I'm sorry I hurt you.